This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. You're listening to Brewing Talks, the perfect marketing concoction. This is Madhulika, your host for the show. In today's episode, the focus is on a very interesting theme. I've actually been thinking and waiting to speak to someone, converse with someone on the topic of design thinking in marketing. This is one area which is yet to be explored to its fullest potential. And once organizations or brands or businesses or society at large realizes the importance of design thinking strategies, there is no looking back, honestly. To converse with me, I have with me today's guest, Theron Kamain D'Souza, popularly called as TC. Welcome to Brewing Talks, TC. It is so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Mother. So happy to be here. TC is the strategist, design thinker and sustainable growth advocate. He is the executive director of FWC, a consulting and design space firm. He has worked as an independent advisor to a series of international companies and with several years of experience in luxury finance and hospitality brands. At India Design Week, ID partners with TC in areas of design thinking and ecologically friendly architecture. So, as I said, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. Uh, not many organizations have woken up to the fact that how crucial it is to implement design thinking procedures in their strategy, right? So let's hear it out from TC. TC, I would begin with asking you this, be, sound, may sound a little basic to you, but what is design thinking and how it has become more prevalent in brand strategy today? So design thinking is an extremely large, um, large scale concept and thought. And it, it, it captures the ambit from product design mm-hmm. to brand integration to integrated marketing systems. Um, but for me, brand brand design or thinking would essentially be how your product and service hmm. is thought through to a 360 degree view. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, not just when you're conceptualizing, but when you're executing and you're selling. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you are putting thinking through your design process. Right. From before you start almost. So it's, it's like, think about it in the form of a, a architect putting a building in. So before mm. the land has been purchased and been acquired and before there's a hole in the ground, mm-hmm. someone's decided we're going to put this sort of a building here. Mm. Therefore, we need to find a particular kind of plot. So for design thinking, you're forward thinking everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you get a plot and decide, okay, uh, since we have this, this is what we can do. Mm. If pure pure design thinking in its uh, in its purest best form right is right. you conceptualize and then you bring the the elements together to make it work for you and your end user mm-hmm. because at the end of the day a lot of uh, uh, creative people across across advertising to uh, uh, product design to fashion mm-hmm. they will create something beautiful and most designers I can say across the world irrespective of craft will come up with something that's very beautiful looking but Mm -hmm. for design to truly work and for it to be wonderful you answer that question does it work does Mm -hmm. it work for your end customer if you build a building Mm -hmm. which has a flat roof in a place that has a lot of rain right it doesn't matter how beautiful that building is true true 
if you create a line of clothing mm-hmm. uh, that's made of light linen and it's very soft and, you know, airy and meant for the summer, mm-hmm. it doesn't work if your customer is in a colder climb where the season demands that they have wool and they have something to keep them warm. So for me, mm. it's not just how beautiful it looks. Does it work? Will it last? And in this day and age, mm-hmm. uh, where we need to think about what's happening to the environment, how is it going to sustain itself both from a production point of view mm. and last from a usage point of view so that we're using less natural resources as time goes on? Right. Perfect. TC, tell me from your personal journey in this area, right? How have you mm-hmm. seen design thinking being adopted by brands, organizations? In terms of a product, let me... Let's go with the product. Um, I was fortunate mm-hmm. to be the only designer out of Asia to produce a product for Focal SI. So Focal mm-hmm. is a French high-end audio manufacturer based okay. in uh, Saint-Étienne in France. Mm-hmm. And um, when I say high-end audio manufacturer, they make speaker systems that cost 250,000 euro. Mm-hmm. So that's the cost of a Ferrari. That's mm. the cost of some people's homes, and that's just for two speakers. So right. they also own a company called Nime, and Nime is the uh, Nime is the sound system that you get when you buy a Bentley. Mm-hmm. So what they wanted to do was introduce a product um, as an introduction to brand. So mm-hmm. they weren't particularly looking at profitability sale. They were looking at it: how do we brand touch a brand new market? Um, where our product is only known by high-end users like studios because they make a lot of uh, studio monitors. Mm -hmm. Um, And they tie up with everyone from Lamborghini to Hermes to uh, Louis Vuitton. So they're like, so they wanted to, they wanted to have an introductory product. Imagine yourself walking into, uh, taking a trip to Europe, going to the uh, Ferrari factory. You might not be able to buy Uh, Mm. a car, fold it into your bag and take it back home with you. Mm. But on that day, you might be able to buy a Ferrari cap, a Ferrari keychain, a Mm. Ferrari wallet. It Mm. allows you to touch that brand until and interact with it until you're ready to buy the product or you can afford to buy Mm. the product. Um, And they were open to the idea of doing a sustainable product. When I say a, a sustainable product, the the shell of the headphone, and it was a wired headphone, uh, was made of recycled metal. The wire was a flat wire that was actually neoprene, which is what you use in mm-hmm. a diving suit. Um, so we repurposed a lot of waste material and mm-hmm. turned it into a very beautiful product. I think we sold about 55,000 okay. uh, units on Amazon India alone. Okay. Um, and the carbon footprint was about 40% less than what they normally do to produce a product. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. TC, tell me in today's time or rather, you know, if you go back a few years, you know, so mm-hmm. do you see organizations have come to you asking for design thinking solutions for their, you know, for a problem solving area or is it something that is still very new that people are just waking up to the fact that how much it is relevant to adopt design thinking, uh, you know, a style of doing things so that it benefits the organization in innovation, in better solutions. How has been the experience in dealing with, you know, in this area with, with companies, brands or, you know, whatever? Uh, you know, I, I think that's a very good question and, um, and an interesting one to answer because mm-hmm. um, 
we're based out of Asia. So even though a lot of our clients are global, hmm. uh, we're based out of, you know, we are based out of Mumbai. And or let's say, I wouldn't say it's hard. It's, it's challenging for Indian companies to yet grasp the potential hmm. of design in general impacting, impacting their bottom line. Hmm. Um, so most of the really cool work that I've had a chance to do mm-hmm. has fortunately or unfortunately been by large companies who are global, who have an India presence or looking to design something for Asia. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for a a product that covers their brand ethos, their look and feel, but that is adaptable for this market. Mm-hmm. But it's only now that Indian companies are starting to wake up to the fact that things need to also look good, um, also work, also be uh, profitable. I think a great $2 trillion example would be Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there were a whole lot of uh, computer manufacturers, right? There was everything from Gateway to IBM, mm. uh, right. Compaq, HP, Lenovo. Um, some of them have have died and disappeared. Mm-hmm. And some of them are a lot smaller than they used to be. Right. And if you think about Apple, Apple came out with great looking stuff hmm. where the fact that it worked was a given. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of tech-based, mechanical-based, engineering-based product and services, mm-hmm. the companies are, are so worried about getting the mechanics right at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the look and feel will come down to a group of accountants deciding it from a cost parameter point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think Apple's that great example where true, everything true, works beautifully on the inside, but it also looks like something you want to buy, you want to correct, hold. Correct, correct. And I think, um, and like uh, the reason I called it a $2 trillion example is because it's an example that works. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs wanted to make great looking stuff that mm-hmm. also worked. Not, Correct. Not Correct. stuff that worked really well. And yeah, if it looked good, it didn't matter. Correct. Absolutely. So just like you spoke about Focal, uh, you want to share with the listeners with some other specific case study or an example, you know, where the design thinking has made a positive impact, uh, you know, for a brand or an organization or a cause or whatever. I think design thinking, um, in fact, I was talking to Ryan who works with me. We're talking about this earlier this morning. And, um, a great example of design thinking at work for an Indian company would actually be for a company like mm-hmm. Raymond, mm-hmm. which you don't think of as new age, mm. adaptive, ahead of the curve. They're, they're known for high quality. They have a legacy. Right. They've been around since I think 1925 or 1915. Right. Um, right. Uh, Everybody from your grandparents, great-grandparents to this generation would either buy a ready-made product or more likely have been gifted or used high-quality mm. Raymond wool for a suit, for a wedding, for a family occasion. Uh, everything they make, uh, they make very good stuff at, at every price point mm-hmm. that they operate at. Um, they make high-quality high quality product which mm. is the best at that price point. So if you're buying something at a thousand rupees a meter, mm-hmm. chances are their product would be the best quality for that 1000 rupees per meter. If you buy something at two lakhs a meter, which is what they also sell, it would be, mm-hmm. it would be the same. What no one realizes is that they have a large facility in Bangalore 
mm-hmm. where they produce stuff for fashion majors outside India. Everyone from uh, Calvin Klein to BCBG, Max Mara. But they never mm-hmm. adapted any of those designs for the Indian market. So it was mm-hmm. always for export. So a year ago, and I've been, I've been shooting for them for uh, mm-hmm. uh, Park Avenue now for the last uh, okay. three or four years. So even okay. though they have different agencies on record as their, you know, their mm-hmm. agency, mm-hmm. advertising agency on record, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. most advertising agencies are great in India when they're handling FMCG, like mm. you know, shampoo and biscuits, but fashion's a bit of a, mm. it's a bit of a subjective feel. So mm-hmm. they call us in to augment and um, strengthen the mm-hmm. the fashion element on a fashion shoot. So every summer and uh, fall, I go to New York and we shoot a Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. Last year, mm-hmm. um, they came up with a product called Posh Magnet, mm-hmm. uh, which Unfortunately, it did not see light of day because COVID hit when it should have released. Right. Okay. It was future end product for a new age, younger Indian mm-hmm. where they were willing to produce that product with recycled material, material that would long last, a hybrid mm-hmm. material approach. So, for example, you'd have uh, synthetic shells on jackets, but mm-hmm. the inside would be organic cotton. Mm -hmm. They would have wrinkle-free but breathable cotton without lycra in it. Mm -hmm. Then they they used um, uh, they used a lot of mixed element Mm -hmm. fabric which was fun to work on and we were part of it not just in the final shoot in New York but we were actually part of the entire journey to say wow this is what this market could Mm. be Okay, and it's worth exploring it and like you know, like they say, if you build it, they will come. Hmm. So I think they had the courage to use the infrastructure that they've always had to try mm-hmm. something completely new. And I think design thinking is that it's an Correct. openness of mind. Correct. To say, okay, we've been doing these things for a while. Right. But then you think of companies like Kodak and you think of companies like Xerox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty years ago, when I was at school in America, mm-hmm. um, working for Xerox and Kodak would have been an amazing thing. These companies barely exist anymore. Mm. So I think companies realize they need to evolve. It's not just in in product and service offering, um, operational efficiency, but also in thinking and rethinking right. how they make product, build product, and sell product to a new age consumer. Absolutely. No, I think you said it so right, TC. Uh, but now this brings me to the question... There are challenges, right? I mean, you see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the way, like you mentioned about Raymond as an example. So there are organizations who have been doing things in a very traditional way because they've been mm-hmm. in existence for many years and they feel, you know, they've been a success story. So why do they need to be open to, you know, changes if everything is going fine? You see many like these or, you know, there are many more that we could tap into. You know, what are the challenges that exist, uh, you know, in terms of people opening up to the idea of adopting design thinking? You know, see, for the, uh, let's, um, since you're using them as an example, that's a bit of a catch-22 because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you also have companies that try to completely change what they do, forgetting mm. their core business. Mm. Um and I think I think a company like Raymond, when it comes to the the fabric that they sell, which is this really really high quality, I think it's it's balance, mm-hmm. irrespective of whether you are 
a product offering company or a service offering company i think before you completely transform mm-hmm. it's good to find a balance especially in this day and age where yes it sounds wonderful to say you know we're going to make all these bold changes and completely change the way we do things mm. fine you can change the way you do things but you almost must always have a rear view mirror on the past where you don't let go of it while you look at the future mm. so for me you know you have a lot of uh design thinking kind of people who want to completely change everything and it sounds great and mm-hmm. from a creative point of view it's a temptation but to do right by your client and to do right by the brand um it's important to take your ego out of it and step back and say hmm. is this actually good for the company long term true it might make me famous or it might make the product that i'm doing with them famous hmm. but is this actually going to help the ecosystem long term and i think that comes from uh from some amount of ethic some amount of awareness hmm. uh where you don't want a company to completely let go of their legacy and their history mm-hmm. so you you help them nurture that and hold that mm. and i i think just like you balance a a stock portfolio right so right. if you go to a good money manager they'll tell you you can't put everything into mm. uh penny What? stocks Correct. and growth stocks so Correct. you'll take 50% would be debt which is bonds uh fixed deposits or you say or you say you have 30% in real estate Mm-hmm. 25 to 30% in bonds, mm-hmm. 30% in blue chip equity. Mm-hmm. And then 10 to 15% you play with high growth stocks where if you lose, you've not lost the entire boat. Mm-hmm. So I think design thinking for it to really work is mm-hmm. for people people in my field to go to customers to to say that you understand the realities of ground mm-hmm. and you're willing to help them make that journey. balancing risk. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Unless it's a business that's completely becoming irrelevant. If you're a coal hmm. company then yes you need to completely transform uh either get in new clean technologies hmm. or you know uh diversify into into wind or solar because those are detrimental businesses that aren't going to help mm-hmm. the planet we live on. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a detrimental business, I think balance is the key. True. Uh, so TC uh, you mentioned about uh, and rightly so that you know when a change needs to be brought in it needs to start from the top uh, where the mindset of a business owner or someone at a leadership position needs to be open to bringing in you know uh, new things into the culture or an organization what happens down the line so are employees to be affected with this process are employees a part of this journey uh, also the second point i'm going to be you know asking you about is is there a need to regionalize or customize it based on you know the different uh, you know regions you would be dealing for this project so does this need to, you know to be addressed these particular points that i'm speaking about absolutely so i think i think you're spot on because it's something that i've been um i've been a firm believer of for years mm-hmm. change and transformation starts from the top right 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 so for example you look at a company like tata ethics mm. and csr right. is not something they do for the 2% that the government mandates mm-hmm. csr for them is a natural extension of who they are true absolutely so the tata family mm. starting with their founder right uh jamshed ji tata to mm. jrd tata mm-hmm. 60 years ago to ratan tata now mm-hmm. the ethos of the family true 
is business with purpose. Absolutely. So it yeah. trickles down from the top. So uh, tax compliance, hmm. ethics, uh, shareholder value, um, responsibility to shareholders mm-hmm. is part of the ethic, which trickles down through every facet. Mm-hmm. So I think f- in just using them as an example in terms of mm-hmm. ethics and purpose is the same thing for design. Mm-hmm. If the guy at the top or the lady at the top understands mm-hmm. what they want to do, mm-hmm. truly values it, um, he will either by sheer strength of uh, personality, uh, which is possible, or by taking your employees along, mm-hmm. by bringing them into the process. So hmm. once you've made a, you know, you kind of, it is possible, especially in this day and age when we're, you know, everyone's doing Zoom calls. Hmm. It's entirely possible to get most of your key st- shareholders along. Uh, or when when we finally are able to deal with COVID and it's no longer such a problem as it is now, get people in an AGM. Get people, if you're multi, if you're a multi geography hmm. a company connect on you know connect in these massive halls with screens do it on people's laptops right. if they hear from right. the very top that this is what we want to do and we're passionate about it say say a company's making fmcg stuff say they're doing shampoos and soaps if the ceo or the chairman speaks to everyone from the factory worker on the floor to the marketing people mm-hmm. to the research people and says we want to make sure that we're mm-hmm. as sustainably sound as a company as possible because this really matters to me. Mm-hmm. You will start seeing that effect at every level. Mm-hmm. And and to answer your second question, not all product needs to be um, mm-hmm. geographically adaptable. Some products okay. are, you know, like for example, um, you take a you take a running shoe. Right. Mm-hmm. So you look at a company like Nike, they, they, they manufacture shoes for running, walking, hiking. Um, and you will buy what is what you require to buy for the geography that you live in. True. But a company, for example, like um, just trying to find an example, um, a skincare manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the pH balance in uh, moisturizing creams that are required for South India would be different from what's in North India because just the humidity is different. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it comes back to what we said earlier. It's down to it's it's down to management and the people running the organization to be flexible and thinking mm-hmm. and take a business call and say, is it profitable for us mm-hmm. to do? individual things for different companies. I think L'Oreal is a great company that does that worldwide where right. they they have different uh, formulations for Africa than they do for Asia, than they do for Europe because they realize even though they're a multi-billion dollar mm. MNC, mm. the markets they're serving are different. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have a couple of um, Hero Sunshine products that they sell all over the world. Right. But they also make sure that 30 to 40% of the bouquet is, like you said, regionalized mm-hmm. and adaptable for the market they're serving. True. So whether it's curly hair or, you know, lighter skin, darker skin, mm. uh, oily skin, dry skin, which is which would only change from country to country, region to region. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. You spoke about uh, CSR when you were giving an example of, uh, you know, Tata's. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm coming to the point of uh, sustainability. 
is very close to my heart. I yes. know, I know. So, so you know, while it can do wonders, you know, if it's it's uh, you know the efforts are put in, and you know you have a vision for it, but somewhere you know it's been looked as one area which is sitting somewhere you know as a CSR agenda for a lot of companies that we have seen so far. Is there a way to make sustainability look good? I'm very keen to know your thoughts on this. Okay, so for me, um, my journey in uh, sustainability started more than 30 or 35 years ago, before it was a thing, before it was cool. If you ask me, um, uh, sustainability has only really taken off in the last year, year and a half, where mm. you, you see it now covered in the news all the time. So now it's become something that people... It's part of their it's part of their conversations. It's part of what they absorb, whether it's hmm. a social media or a TV or something, you know. But but for me, I learned it from my dad because it was part of okay. his ethos. Right. So it was something that I imbibed at a very early age, and mm-hmm. I realized with him, he said the only way to sell something to a company, to a population, is if you make it fiscally fiscally viable for them to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let me give you an example. If you if you tell people here in India, you need to stop this because mm. we're saying so, mm. they're probably not going to listen. Mm. But if you tell them by building, just let's use architecture in this case mm. as an example for you. You can build beautiful. Mm. Building doesn't need to be ugly. And it's, it's something that we see. We all live in homes. We mm. all live, we all have a, a native place or village that we go back to, um, it's possible to build beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's possible to build with thought. Mm. And building beautiful could actually be saving you money. Mm-hmm. And the 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 Asian Indian mind understands that. Okay. So if you tell them, oh, you know, you need to build it this way because it's the right thing for the planet they might not really get it. Maybe their grandkids would get it. Maybe people in urban metros would get it. And I would, in my opinion, if we have 2% of the population in India that understand it from a conceptual level, we're very lucky, but that's not the case. Hmm. But if you tell them, by building this particular way, not only will it look good, your cost of material will come down. So Hmm. you buy local. Hmm. You buy to suit the area that you live in. So for example, if you live in a place that has a lot of cyclones and typhoons, Mm. you don't build near trees and you don't build with glass. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're building in an area that has a lot of flooding, Mm. you might as well use reusable stuff like bamboo because when it gets washed away, it's an inevitability because that's where you've chosen to live. You can rebuild. Correct. Um, And if you're building a permanent structure, by spending a little more at the beginning, your your heating costs come down in the winter and your cooling mm. costs come down in the summer. Mm-hmm. So you incentivize them to build, like you said, beautiful or you know good-looking stuff that also works. Mm. And I think mm. that all comes down to people like you and me mm. can do it one person at a time. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to stay, you know, that I've, I'm going to stand on a mountaintop and make sure that every. A uh, person on the planet on uh, social media is going to hear me hmm. on a podcast or on TV. Hmm. It starts with people like you and me talking to our parents, talking right. to our neighbors, talking hmm. to our loved ones and saying, 
can you do this differently? It would actually save you money mm-hmm. and it's good for the planet. Yes. Then yes. they're more likely to say yes. And once they see the benefit and the cost benefit, Hmm. they're more likely to do it in the future. So you're almost, you know, it's almost like the uh, electricity company gives you a hmm. discount hmm. if you pay your bill early. Uh, yes, true. Right, so you're incentivized to pay on time. What the electricity company has done is that they've actually reduced the amount they spend on late collections. Okay. And their interest, their interest, uh, their interest losses on money that's not paid on time then hmm. comes down. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're incentivizing you to pay early. Mm-hmm. So we need to find our, you know, we need to find a way as consumers, as designers, as sellers, and as a people uh, to find a way to make it fiscally possible for us to want to do this more. And once it becomes a habit, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's, a, it's like when you're taking medicine mm-hmm. uh, or you're doing a physio exercise because you've had an accident. Mm-hmm. For the first few weeks, it's a little tough because it's not your habit. After a while, it mm-hmm. becomes your habit and you don't even know you're doing mm-hmm. it. And yes. I think that's what we need to do. Absolutely. So, yes, I mean, it's it's a good takeaway for, for all of us to, about, you know, to just understand how can sustainable measures add value. And I think once people recognize that there is a value in it and this is how it can change their life for the better, I think we will see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, imp- in, implication coming up in this in this area, you know, particularly. Yeah. You know, for, for me, it's 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 uh, if I had to use a bit of a pun and be cheeky, it's it's. Uh, find value in something that has values, mm. right? So the values of uh, taking care of our planet, taking p- care of the people around us mm. is something that we need to do. But if we put a monetary value to it that we can extract mm. out of it, it's a bonus. Mm. It's more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally agree. So TC, uh, share with us, uh, you know, some of the trends that looks promising to shape up the strategies for the future on the t- in the time to come, you know? So love to hear that from you. I think the biggest trend that I've seen, thanks to COVID, um, and we hear this on TV all the time, um, at the moment with countries running out of vaccine, some countries getting better. We thought we were much better in January and February. Now we're not. Now mm. it's spreading to Southeast Asia. The, it has all taught us that the world is inextricably linked in a more... Hmm. in a more meaningful way than than we even thought before. Hmm. Um, and for for us to help ourselves, we also need to help those around us, not because it's a good thing to do, but if we don't help them, their problems become our problems because it's all interconnected. And I think hmm. uh, design will follow that, will will pretty much follow that same, will follow that same route. I think people have realized after being, one year at home, working out of home, working on Skype, that there's so many things that we can do without. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that we can do better. Uh, And I think the trend, and I think the trend is, if good is your business, Mm -hmm. business will be good. Hmm. Absolutely true. Uh, TC, uh, before, you know, uh, before we conclude, uh, this is one thing which is coming to my mind. So when it comes to imparting information, or rather making people more aware about design thinking, especially maybe the marketers or the business owners, where do you see the contribution of the industry getting in? You know, how do you see if this can be shaped up better? 
Wow, that's a that's a bit of a tall task because um, hmm. that's where that's where industry bodies need to come together and mm-hmm. agree to do things as an association. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is very which is a very hard sell in a capital market environment, mm-hmm. um, where you say you have manufacturers of clothing mm-hmm. who come together and decide that they're going to do less harmful manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You get pharmaceutical companies who come together and decide uh, collectively that they will make sure that while their their medicines save us all, mm-hmm. they they need to treat the effluents out of their plants differently. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's that's something that needs to be done with as a private public uh, partnership, mm-hmm. where the government and industry really need to come together mm-hmm. and follow the guidelines that they put down. And then I think we've you know at least we have a we have something positive to look forward to. True, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, TC, uh, I think some very interesting takeaways for all the listeners. You know, uh, I think it's very, very important for us to wake up as early as we can to the fact that, you know, what benefit and what value design thinking can provide us, you know, in terms of innovation, you know, the way it's also important to understand, you know, how we need to be flexible with the idea of bringing in changes and the changes that may look in the short term view you know, something a little tiring and why are we doing this kind of questions. But I think in the long term, it's something that's going to be benefiting the organization, the society as a whole. So thank you so much. I think these were some very amazing and uh, not so hard conversation that I had with you. Uh, <laughs> once again, thank you for being on the show, DC. Most welcome. So happy to be here. Thank you for tuning in. Sign up and subscribe to Brewing Talks on the all new eplog.media website. By subscribing, you can stay updated on the upcoming episodes and also share your comments and discussion on the show. I will be eager to know your thoughts. You can also listen to Brewing Talks on Ghana, Spotify, GeoSavan, Apple or Google Podcast. I shall catch up with you all soon with yet another interesting brewing topic. Till then, stay creative, stay safe and take care.